0: What's up, everybody? Paul Hickey here with NoOffSeason.com. Welcome to the Football Card Strategy Show, Episode 6. I've got my man from Football Card Quest and NoOffSeason.com, Andy Kaysen. Good to see you, as always, and we're headed into Week 3. We are in Week 3, and uh, excited to talk some football cards with you, man.
1: Yeah, man. Let's dig in, Paul. It's a very exciting time. You got a few teams that are 2-0 and now. Looks like some dominant forces in the NFL. So we got, you know, we got one set of data points in week one. Now we've got another set of data points. And, and now we're heading into week three. So very exciting time. Still at very much peak hype cycle for, you know, a, a lot of these guys. It, it, and it's tightly correlated with performance.
0: Yeah, and in typical NFL fashion, you've got the Giants and the Dolphins at 2-0, and the Raiders, Bengals, Titans, all at 0-2. Um, some surprises there, uh, for sure. A lot of teams at 1-1, and obviously, and then you've even got uh, – our our good old Colts and Texans with the tie from week one, which is just annoying to see in the, uh, in the standings, but that's just me. So uh, I often tell people that, um, you know, in dinner conversations, um, that I think there's no greater soap opera than the NFL. And so we're living it right now, heading into week three. So we'll jump right in and, uh, Thanks everybody for watching. We'd love it. If you drop a comment, Uh, let us know if you have a question and also let us know how you think we're doing on the show, what we can do to improve as well. Um, Andy, uh, you know, I believe no one knows uh, more about football cards and the data points than, than Andy Kaysen. So I'm going to kind of ask him a bunch of questions and we'll see where this goes on episode six. So, um, Okay, actually, I want to start with a question uh, that is a follow up from the end of last week's show. So, at the end of last week's show, I kind of asked you, "Do you have anything else you want to add um, to to the episode?" And you mentioned, if I remember correctly, Julio Jones, pretty specifically. Um, <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I thought it was a good it was a good call by you for a lot of reasons. Um, I'll let you kind of recap that. But we had a uh, audience member write in via email and ask me a question about a specific Julio Jones card. And I wanted to just kind of see, let you take a second and tell me what you think about this. According to uh, Lenny, Lenny Levine, um, this is a rare ball above head, very photo variation from 2011 tops Chrome. And he was just wondering like, if we thought this was a good buy, um the price here on Com C is listed at just just over 60 bucks including shipping. And um you know I think Lenny is a, is a collector. He's interested in Julio, but I also think he's interested in this from an investment standpoint. He knows why we're here. Um more from an investing standpoint than collecting. A little bit of both but skewed towards investing. So as we look at a guy like Julio Jones who was inactive in week 2, didn't play in week 2. Um Probably will be fine. Like, he'll probably come back and, and um, do kind of what you thought he was going to do uh, he- heading out of, out of week one. Um, what about this? What, I mean, talk about Julio, why you like him, why you liked him last week, but also this card specifically. Do you know anything about this um, versus his just regular base photo?
1: From yeah th- this card is considerably more rare just like looking at the um, the psa 10 population of this card is only five <laughs> literally five wow. whereas the the normal variation uh of him catching a pass like at chest height is is got a population significantly higher it's uh, several hundreds if uh if i'm correct i don't know the exact number off the top of my head but um but yeah, you know Julio Jones' knee contusion week two. Man, I was I was bummed out that he was that he was inactive. Um, yeah, that was definitely a bummer because I was expecting a lot more. We needed a lot more uh, through the first two weeks. Tom Brady has the fewest amount of fantasy points out of any quarterback in the NFL, and and uh, we're still two zero. Thank God our defense kind of came through and we got vintage Jameis. But that card at sixty dollars raw. I mean it's. It, I think it's got a lot of merit behind it, right? Because Julio's a Hall of Famer. He's a lock for the Hall of Fame. And he's, you know, this is clearly Tom Brady's final year. We know we just picked up Cole Beasley, another veteran guy who's been around the league and he's put up great numbers um, to just add depth, to, to like get warm bodies in our receiving room and uh, just to keep Tom Brady going. Like he needs guys to throw the ball to. And, and now Mike Evans is going to be suspended a game with the, Uh, a fight that he got into on Sunday with Marshawn Lattimore. And so there is definitely receiver needs on our team and Julio Jones could play a critical role if he's healthy, but he's gotta be healthy. We know he's been this, this long injury rap sheet. I like that card. Um, I love the scarcity around it. Uh, $60 raw. I think it's about market market value. I think that's fair. Um, Upside in that card I would say probably his best path for upside is a, a playoff run you know from Julio uh with Tom Brady and of course him being healthy and like exceeding expectations. Uh I think you could that's that's where we're probably going to see the biggest spike for Julio and he could probably maybe end up selling that for 100 because it's the only one on there. I would actually say hey, get that thing graded get it graded. Hopefully it comes back a 10. Now you're, now you're talking about something that uh, is considerably more valuable and also like, you know, it'll warrant that value as well.
0: Yeah. I like that. I talked about it on the sports card strategy show on Monday. And, um, I said, I thought it was a, it seemed like a fair price, but I wanted to ask you, um, and, My thought was like, it's not for me because I didn't know if I would personally be able to sell it for more than the $60 later. But, um, I like your idea of getting it graded and, um, you know, being closer to the football card market, I trust you. So that's a, that's a good call. All right. I wanted to ask you a question about some quarterbacks. Uh, so first up, um, I, I, did rearrange my entire football card rankings, uh, during the season, uh, every Monday, uh, every Monday morning, I'm getting up and rearranging my entire football card rankings. Uh, so I want to talk to you about that in a second, but first I want to talk about some of the quarterbacks that obviously, uh, are notable, co- uh, coming out of week two, and many of them have been notable for longer than just coming out of week two, but, um, According to marketmoversapp.com by Sports Card Investor, where you can uh, get your first month for only one dollar by using the promo code No Offseason, you know we've got Josh Allen who dominated uh, the Titans on Monday night, uh, three touchdown passes to to uh, Diggs, and I mean he just he looks like everything that his investors thought he would be so far, um, but you've got a, a price change of you know over the last 365 days. 24% across 602 cards. He's 24% up, okay? So then you've got <clears throat> Tua uh who looked like an MVP. Uh sorry, sorry to our guy Carter um who has consistently <laughs> said that Tua can't play and I love Carter. So this is not knocking Carter. I just think it's kind of it's, it happens to us all, right? Like I'm I'm wrong about a ton of stuff and maybe he's still right about Tua, but so far um you know, Tua is proving him wrong. So anyway, Um, Tua's up 11%. Um, his volume, you know, both of these guys' volumes have increased as well. Tua's sales volume, uh, selling more than uh, 260% more cards. He's up 11% value wise over 865 cards. And then we've got Lamar. So Lamar, uh, is down. 26% 26% across 502 of his rookie cards, his volumes up 5%. Now this is just a real flash snapshot of data from the last 365 days. So from an argument standpoint, mm. you could poke holes, you can poke holes in data, right? Like we know that, but we also know that like data informs us in a lot of good ways. And you've got to dig a little bit further, but the point I wanted to bring up here is that you've got Alan Tua and Lamar, um, You'd be hard pressed to say. You'd be hard pressed to find another quarterback, maybe other than Jalen Hurts. I might be missing somebody, but maybe other than Jalen Hurts, who's really lit up the stat sheet as much as these three guys in the first two weeks of the season, and you've got one of them that that you would think his prices would have increased more um, in the last year, but it hasn't. And so if we, not only that, but it's gone down 26%. So if we toggle it. We see Lamar is gen- generally up, but he's actually in the last thirty days down one percent. He's even in the last seven days, so really not much of a spike. Now he lost. He's one and one. He lost even though he had an MVP individual performance in week two. But then you, if you do the same thing with Allen, um, you know he's up. You know in every single day range, he's up. You know he's even the last seven days. And if we do the same thing with Tua. You're going to see that he's consistently up as well. So you've got again, Lamar down, Tua and Allen up. What my takeaway here is that, um, you know, on nooffseason.com, I'm holding Pat with Lamar as my number two guy as an investment. Like if you were to, basically, if you were to buy today or be able to pick someone's card today and have it go up during this season or over the next six months, I've got Lamar still ranked higher than Josh Allen and uh, you know, still ranked higher than Tua. I did move Tua up a little bit on the list. He's number 16. He used to be, I think, in the in the high twenties. But what what's your take on these three guys, you know, in in the way that I outlined
1: this? Are you Are you buying all
0: three? Are you selling all three? Are you holding all three?
1: I I actually just sold a a nice Lamar field level for 125 over the weekend. It's a card that I've had for a while. I actually cracked it out of a BGS 8.5 slab. (laughs) So so yeah, it was a nice uh, profit for me. And honestly, I could have held it. Actually, I'm in the market to buy Lamar. Uh, he is playing absolutely incredible. I mean, at a very high efficiency rate in passing, and also, you know, still has the same mobility. He looks like 2019 MVP Lamar. Uh, It, it was just, I mean, they honestly they were up big time in that in that game this past weekend, and so they they could very easily have the ball to bounce their way, gone uh two and zero. But their secondary just kind of crumbled towards the end, and those guys are incredibly hard to cover. And Tyree Kill and, and Jalen Waddle and Tua put it on them, man. And so they uh, they let the Dolphins come back and and take that game away. And it was no fault to Lamar, man. He he did his job. I mean, he put up like almost 50 fantasy points. Uh, He's absolutely balled out, you know, between Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman and and him on his legs, a 78 yard uh, long run that he busted open where nobody could nobody could catch him once he busted through the line. So, um, yeah, I'm buying Lamar because I've actually been tracking their raw. Uh, optics between Lamar and Josh Allen since before the season started. And when I look and go back to the end of August, beginning of September, Lamar's base optic raw was $35. Josh Allen's was $150. And then after week one, Lamar's, I saw transactions going for about 40 and Josh Allen going for 225 And then after this past week, I see Lamar's going up a little bit more. I saw several buy it now transactions close for 60 Josh Allen's now at 250. So I'm seeing this creep at least on the raw cards that I'm tracking. Also, uh, through my data app, I do see that the trend is up for their his base Donors PSA 10, his his base Optic. But he's still between 25 to 30% of what a Josh Allen is. So from an investment standpoint, like you're right, your rankings are spot on because – I, I, you know, right now buying into Josh Allen has all of this success and expectations baked into it where Lamar is just as good of an athlete. I mean, you could, you, you could look at them on paper and even a better rusher. And if Lamar continues to play the way he's playing, I absolutely love buying into him at his price point now uh, for the rest of the season.
0: Cool. Well, one more guy that I wanted to talk about in this discussion that may seem kind of out of the blue but maybe not is uh Deshaun Watson. So, Deshaun Watson, we know is suspended uh for the first 11 games of the season. We all know why. Um is he coming back week 13? Like is that is that a is is that going to happen for sure, Andy?
1: Do you yes, for from everything that I see and read, yes, he is coming back after their bye week uh week 12, coming back week 13 starting against the Houston Texans?
0: Yeah, so again, revenge game, right? You talked a lot about the schedule um, leading into the season. You made some great points about, like, Baker facing Cleveland, Russell facing Seattle, Deshaun coming out against uh, Houston. A lot of revenge games here. Um, there's one that I'm missing as well. I can't, I can't think it off the top of my head. Um, but anyway, um, Deshaun is down 46% over the last 180 days, 5% over the last 90, 7% over the last 60, 8% over the last 30. What's interesting is over the last uh, two weeks and the last seven days, he's up one and 3% and his volume uh, change continues to rise as well uh, in in most of these uh, date ranges. So what's interesting to me is that I think he's a play, <laughs> but what do you think? I mean, I haven't loved him for a lot of reasons, um, but with you know, I know the the Browns fell apart, letting Corey Davis get get behind the secondary, and and then you know losing to the Jets basically in the last the last few seconds of the game with a um, with I think. Uh, you know, the Jets scored, but then I think Brissett fumbled or something like that. I was watching the game. I can't remember exactly what happened, but it seemed to me, it just kind of, it was a moment that spoke to me where I thought, okay, um, the Jets aren't great, but this Browns team could have been 2-0 and with Brissett. What's going to happen when Deshaun comes back? Um, what's your take on just kind of Deshaun as a play?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously you got to look past everything that he's got going on off the field, uh, the smear on his reputation and uh, the character, potential character issues that that are there with Deshaun Watson. But I mean, I see a ton of transactions like I'm looking already uh, between yesterday and Sunday. I mean, like, yeah, the cards are cheap for Deshaun, but they're selling like there's a couple hundred transactions on eBay sold Deshaun Watson rookie cards. And he will be back. Um, and that offensive line is still ranked top five in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus. You have the best running back in the league through two weeks in Nick Chubb. And then you have a dynamic duo with Kareem Hunt. You've got great weapons in Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, tied in uh, David Njoku. So you're right. Man, the Jets narrowly came back. Joe Flacco pulled a miracle. Uh, out of his, you know what, Garrett Wilson is one of my most hyped up uh, rookies this week on the hype index because, I mean, he got absolutely peppered, put up two touchdowns with Joe Flacco was a was a critical component of their their comeback um, in that game as well. So Cleveland could have very easily like their kicker if, if Jacoby Brissett didn't throw the inner. It was an interception. he threw. Interception. At the very last seconds of the game, uh, he could have just, you know, given Cade York an opportunity to kick like a fifty-six or sixty-yard field goal. They could have potentially, you're right, gone two and zero. They should have gone two and zero. And their game plan this far of him just managing the game and relying on the run game is working. Um, they've got a, they've, you know, they've got a tough matchup this week. Uh, the Browns are uh, playing the Steelers. The Steelers. Yeah. So, yeah, th- at Thursday Night Football, so they're playing the Steelers, and Miles Garrett right now has a neck injury. That's that's a key component of their defensive line to create pressure, although Trubisky has not played good. His efficiency has been bad. Uh, I mean, he's already been I've, – I've already heard him get booed a couple times in the stands. So I think the Browns could very easily win this game as well. Very winnable game here against the Steelers uh, that just have an anemic offense at this point until they put Kenny Pickett in. And uh, Najee Harris still struggling with foot issues. But, I mean, they, they can't really open up any anything up right now. Uh, so they're really struggling. So I think the Browns could be in a perfect spot in the AFC North. The Bengals are floundering right now. So the Browns could be in a perfect spot competing with baltimore for for you know that um that playoff spot and and it could be in a driver's seat man when deshaun comes back in week 13 the question is he hasn't played football now what a a year and a half so and and we saw the limited little stint from him in the preseason where he did not look sharp at all so i'm wondering if in fact we are going to get that rusty uh Deshaun and he's going to flounder against his his old team the Houston Texans who have found a way to hang in there against the Colts who I don't know if they're any good at all at this point after getting shut out by the Jaguars and then you know um and and then like the the game against Denver I mean was a a low scoring slugfest so you know I I don't know it's going to be very interesting I I tend to think that he could underwhelm in his opening game and uh but i do think that the card prices are going to go up into that game right and then based on his performance then they'll react accordingly like if he exceeds and they win then they go up you know, like because they have a lot of room for growth and, and people are gonna you know time has a way of of making people forget about his transgressions off the field yeah. you know so there, there's that there's that whole narrative as well, and then they're in a, a spot where they have a playoff uh appearance because of their supporting cast and everything that they have there.
0: yeah, i mean I think there's a lot of takeaways from this. i think um I like what you just said about the timing. I think that there actually could be the move to buy him now and then sell him during the week during their week twelve buy leading leading into week 13 because i believe it will take him a while to knock the dust off even if he comes out and rushes for a couple touchdowns close to the goal line i could actually see something like that happening where he puts up some numbers and generates some hype but it's not necessarily like a pretty game for him and then it takes him a few weeks to kind of knock the dust off um so all right Shout out to Chad Gill and Benjamin Clayton who are active in the comments section. Let's get to their questions real quick. So Chad uh, asks about an Aaron Rodgers rookie PSA 10 uh, for $500. He says, ridiculously cheap compared to most other current QB rookie prices. Um, Do I buy Rodgers for a long-term investment? Let's clarify what card he's talking about real quick Um, because there's a couple cards, obviously. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have as many as like a Joe Burrow of course but uh
1: I'm guessing it's the base tops um I, I'm guessing that because that top is base his most PSA uh,
0: 10 yeah I mean yeah. the last the last sales of that card are all between 500 and 580 dollars although the last time though all five of those sales were in May so um I'm not sure you know who knows if that's actually still a 500 that's on eBay so there could be, they could have been sold on my or somewhere else I'm just looking at eBay real quick. So,
1: and if you look at what that card was uh, doing in the playoffs last year, that was about a fourteen hundred dollar card. So, I, I get where uh, your mind's at there, and I, I I think it's a obviously a very solid buy because you know tons of merit, Hall of Fame lock, you know. So, and the guy still is planning on playing for the next couple of years, and once again, we see him shake off the rust now uh, against the Chicago Bears who. Really showed their weaknesses on Sunday night, uh, but I mean Rodgers was a- able to easily exploit them with a solid run game to set up, you know, some you know calculated critical passes when he needed to. But um, it's I think that's a great I think that's a great buy uh, long term, especially for for the course of the next three years because I could easily see the Packers. I mean. I think we would be shocked if they weren't in the playoffs uh, this year. And and Rodgers plans to play for, I think, another two to three years at least. Uh, so, yeah, you got plenty of time to capitalize on some Green Bay Packers hype uh, here in the future.
0: Yeah, I agree. This was actually my buy of the week um, after week one. Right after week one on Monday, Kendall and I, you know, we did the sports card strategy show. I think it was episode 47. And my buy of the week was the, was Aaron Rodgers for for all these reasons, even though I I just despise him. I, I just really I I always have. It has nothing to do with any of the the COVID stuff and the other weirdness uh, in the last twenty four months. It's really just I've never liked him. Um, I'm a Lions fan, and we just we really don't like Packers players, and uh, I re- I really don't like Aaron Rodgers. But I do agree. I think it's a great buy from you know. Taking the emotion out of it and looking at it as an investment. I think it's a great buy, Chad. So, Andy blesses it. I'm all in. Uh, great question. Keep them coming. Benjamin Clayton uh, asks about Lamar. If you had $100 or less to invest in Lamar, I love this. To invest in Lamar, what kind of card would you buy? What would your strategy be? So, Andy, you kind of take it away here, and I'm going to look up some Lamar cards on Sports Card Investor just because I, I, at uh, offseason.com, we're more focused on more of the lo- the low the lower high end tier of cards like our 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 data that we're focusing on is kind of filling the gap that market movers and I don't know that card ladder really has like contenders rookie ticket autos and stuff um, they probably do have some. They they, have, they don't really have a lot of the cards that I typically search for. So that's what we focus on. So definitely not gonna go to nooffseason.com and get too much of a recommendation on a hundred dollars or less in the Lamar Jackson player profile. But uh, Andy, what do you think uh, about this idea by uh, Benjamin?
1: <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it because I'm in that. I'm in the same market uh, this week actually, looking to revolve the money I just made from the Lamar sale and a nice Jalen Hurts sale that I made and put it back into Lamar and I bought another Jalen Hurts over the weekend as well or actually last week so um right now like if you're looking at base Lamar cards I mean just get something with that rated rookie logo on it it's it's even more powerful in my opinion from what I see uh it's sold data wise than the prism uh I think the prism is fine Uh, but when you look at 2018 prism and you start looking at like the the autograph prism they take away the rookie card shield and the 2018 prism design just is not as powerful from what i see especially in a base format than the optic or the base donruss with the rated rookie logo Uh, i think you can get like i'm seeing a sold transaction from yesterday on lamar for an optic hollow which is going to be almost as rare as the prism silver but selling for less and i think When I pull my community, uh, Paul, the optics are gaining more ground. They're gaining more desirability within the hobby than prism is. And I think it just goes back to that rated rookie logo and the design. Uh, And so 2018 optic is very popular, very, very liquid. And you can get a raw one, a raw base one for $50. I mean, that is a, a, a quarter of what the Josh Allen is going for. So you could get two of those and then potentially look at grading them or, or flipping them raw because I could easily see these getting up to a hundred and fifty. Um, or you could get an optic hollow for 125. This is a card that's got the silver prism finish and is going to be very rare. And you look at what that's selling for uh, for Josh Allen, that's a five six hundred dollar card raw and a thousand plus dollar card now graded. Like I'm at the point now where I'm comparing Josh Allen's optics to Patrick Mahomes optics. Because there was a new high on Josh Allen's optic PSA ten of almost a thousand dollars, you can still get that card for Lamar for under two hundred. I'm looking at an SGC ten yesterday that sold for one twenty. So, I mean, there's a PSA nine optic for Lamar sold for sixty seven. So, it, there's a ton of opportunity in the optic market for Lamar. Also, looking at the amount of variations between 2018 optic and 2018. Prism, there's fewer variations. You look at the pop report, much lower pop report. So, um, yeah, I'm a big uh, proponent and advocate of buying 2018 optic for Lamar.
0: Yeah, I like that a lot. I mean, I I would agree. I'm just going to echo Andy's thoughts and give you my specific uh, what I would do. Uh, Benjamin is I would avoid prism as well. It's just a little bit out of my. It's obvious. It's first of all, it's out of the budget if you want to go PSA 10. Um, I don't think it's likely that you would buy raw and then grade that to get a PSA 10. And it's a little bit too risky because like, I'd be looking for upside with my $100. And so if I go prism, then I go raw, I'm going to pay 55 at least. If I get it graded and it comes back a nine, I'm underwater big time because that's not going to sell for much more than the raw. And then there's really not that much upside um, to justify all of that in the ten, unless he does like win the MVP, which could happen. Um, but if you go optic, I like what Andy's saying because you have more options, and I do think I do agree with uh, the take, the hot take that the card design is better, and also interesting that Andy has some data on that from his community at uh, Football Card Quest. I think it's Patreon.com/slash Football Cards if you want to join his. A premium um, subscription product. It's phenomenal. I know that. Um, what I would do though is, so like one thing I would be tempted by is like, okay, I could get the Don Rust base 2018 PSA 10. However, I think that that, while that could double, um, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. It's probably not going to more than double, but if you go, like Andy said, a little bit into the optic base, first of all, the optic base PSA 10 is not that much more than the, the paper. So that's one option. It's a little bit out of your budget, but I like what Andy just said here. If I go, so if I have a hundred dollars and I want to roll the dice on a Lamar and try to get as much upside as possible, what I'm doing is I'm trying to get the optic hollow raw for less than my hundred dollars, if I can, or right around a hundred. And then I'm just going to say, you know what cost of doing business Grading fee, PSA, send it in for 30 bucks. And if you get a 10, you've got the upside of potentially getting close to a thousand dollar card. This last sale that I'm showing on my screen was only 520, but this was in May. So if he does perform the way that we think he's going to perform, it's closer to a thousand dollar card in that PSA 10. If you get a nine, you still make money. If you get an eight, you're probably underwater, but not by much. To me, that's worth the risk and rolling the dice. I'm a little bit different than other people, but that would probably be the way I would go um, and have a little bit more fun with it. So the yeah, parlay if you of a, if rating.
1: If you get an eight, I, I just crack it out because eights, I mean, people will literally shy away from eights and they go for less than raw cards now at this point. Um, yep. But I'm looking at a raw transactions of his prism yesterday Paul for $35 the optic is now around $50 raw 45 to 50 so you can see right there in the most recent sold data from eBay that the optic is get more desirable and it is notably more rare in terms of population uh so yeah an optic hollow for 100 is a smash play if you can find that anywhere um, I would I would just grab it don't don't even think twice or even even like getting that card for close to 150. Look at Joe Burrow's Opticalo, which has a clear population of probably quadruple what the 2018 Opticalo has in, in terms of print run. And that card's going for 150 still after him going 0 and two. You know, the Justin Herberts 250. The the Tua is now up to 100, And I've been tracking that since before the season when the Tua card you could have got for $30, $40. That's now going for up to 100 The Jalen Hurts is getting right up uh, under 100 And so those cards are creeping up to where uh, Burrow and and Herbert are. But the population is so much higher and Lamar is just a freak athlete, man. He's And you know, he's playing for that contract because he did not get the extension he wanted. He's refusing to get an agent still using his mom. So he's basically going out there and say, guys, this is what I'm worth. And, and all the beat reporters, all the the statistics around him are just showing that he's playing at that MVP level, man.
0: And I'm all in on Lamar. And, you know, if you're just joining us on the show, or if this is your first time listening to the football card strategy show with Andy and I, um, you may not know how high we are on Lamar. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna oversell you guys one more time. Um here's another example, I think, of where things are a little bit out of whack related to Allen and Jackson. So this is a uh Contenders Optic Gold Prism Rookie Auto out of 10 for Josh Allen. Um, Sold September 16th for best offer of $19,000. So great card. But here's um, an immaculate one-of-one NFL Shield RPA it's a PSA authentic and an auto 10. So it's not a PSA 10. This other one by Josh Allen, this other Josh Allen was not, it's a SGC 95. five, uh, B, sorry, BGS 95 gem mint, but a nine on the autograph grade. This is a Lamar Jackson auto 10 PSA, PSA authentic, but it's a shield RPA and it's less. So, I mean, maybe it's just me, but I feel like, this is probably the better card, even I mean, I'm the first one to say, like, I love the contenders optic, uh, optic rookie ticket autos. I love, you know, I love everything about like what lines up on this Allen card, but I, I think that because this is Josh Allen, it's going for more. And if this, I mean, if this were, I haven't pulled up the apples to apples, Josh Allen version of this immaculate RPA. My guess is that it's, three or four times the price of this lamar jackson i I, this is another reason why to me it just makes more sense to invest in lamar even at the higher higher dollar card level i don't know if this example makes sense to you andy but it was something i was looking at just real quick
1: yeah you know when you get up into that range of cards things get really uh really interesting uh because there is quite a bit of of variance i sometimes i wonder (laughs) like did this person just need the cash you know so I, I see with it, the Lamar it, sale. Yeah, like, you know, there's there's I don't know, there's just a lot of, of variance uh, when you get up to that high of a level, especially when I look at some auctions and then you, you start to think, okay, was this thing, was this thing shill bid at all? You know, and you do like, look at the bids and you can see, oh, there's a guy that was bidding at $12,000 that had zero feedback next to his name. And you're like, uh, that's a little interesting. You know, but I, I'm not saying that happens all the time. I know it does happen from time to time. I just think things get really interesting. It's harder to get, like you're saying, it's harder to get a good gauge on what the average resale price of a card that rare should go for. You know, you can kind of say a range. Like, this is the range of what a uh, 101 NFL Shield PSA 10 card for a, a hyped up quarterback goes for that's young, you know, and we know that's going to be like a 10000 dollar card for me you know, the Grail card is the uh, the rookie ticket auto, but I, I get it. The Immaculate is right up there. The Immaculate, National Treasures, and Flawless are the three other brands that are right up there with uh, contenders. For me, that would be, I mean, just as, just as liquid and desirable on the high-end spectrum.
0: Yeah, that's true. So uh, you threw out a really good hobby tip, actually, real quick. You and Carter on the Football Card Quest uh, podcast have a segment called hobby tip of the week, which I think is phenomenal every week. And you just kind of threw one out real nonchalantly. And if you, so if you, if you guys want, you may already know this, but on an eBay sold listing, you can click on the item and open it. And then you can see, uh, in small print, there's a blue text link that says see original listing. If you click that, and then you click on the blue text link of the number of bids, it will actually open up the bid history, which I'm sharing on my screen right now. And to Andy's point, you can actually learn quite a bit from the bid history. And um, you know, you're not always gonna be able to see the bidder's identity, as you can see here, it, it's the bidder's identities are protected on all bids, but on some of them you can, and you can learn whether or not it's kind of a legitimate bid, uh, based on who the who the bidder is and their feedback their amount of feedback how long they've been on eBay et cetera also I think what's interesting is this is a starting price of one dollar on an item that ended up selling for eighteen thousand five hundred dollars we had a question on the sports card strategy show on Monday about you know bidding strategy on eBay you know why would you start an item at 99 cents that's something you and carter also talk about I don't know if you have anything to add to this, but I, I just thought that I'd want to elaborate on what you were saying because I thought it was a good point.
1: Yeah, man, it, ta- it takes big cojones to start a 99 cent auction on a card <laughs> that big. But honestly, I think that's the best way to do it. When you know your players hyped up, you know, you've got something that's super desirable um, and you want to draw in those those people. And I would definitely say right now the best time to end it. Is after a game and and you got to be right, right? You got to you know that player's got to exceed expectations and hopefully their team also wins and that's when you kind of hit the double whammy. Um, but that that would be the ideal scenario uh, and and when you do it at ninety nine cent, it just draws in more watchers and you get more watchers. That means more people are getting notifications uh, as it's getting time to close and you get more competition because people like. Why would you not watch that card if it starts out at $1 thinking that you could potentially get it at a massive steal? And then ultimately now you're getting more people notified, drawing more people in to that card when it comes down to the, uh, the final hours and minutes and creating a bidding war where, you know, ultimately you get market value, whatever that is. And if you end it at the right time, the right card, right player, then you, you could win big.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right. Chad has another question about Kyler Murray. What's your take on Kyler? Market's way down, but he has D-Hop coming back and Rondale Moore coming back soon. Is he a buy opportunity or run as fast as you can away from him? And before you answer, Andy, just a little bit of data uh, from marketmoversapp.com. Last 365 days, Kyler's down 55%. And if you toggle into the closer time windows, He's always consistently down around 10 to 15%. Um, in more recent days, he's started to sell more, but right around, you know, even to where he was uh the previous seven days. So what's your take? I mean, Ky- Kyler's definitely down, is my point. Like this, if you believe in him, now would be a good time to buy. The question is, Andy, do you believe in him?
1: I I am not personally um, going out on a limb anymore for Kyler, at least this year. I'm waiting to see. They've got a very difficult schedule. Like if I look at their upcoming schedule, uh, of course, they've got the Rams at home this weekend and then the Panthers, which is very winnable for them. Uh, But then they have the Eagles. So I think it's just going to be a very rocky up and down schedule. Yeah, they get D hop back. They desperately need that. But right now through two games, Kyler, is at the bottom of the league in terms of Uh, pressured completion accuracy and so his deep ball completion accuracy is also bottom half of the league and you could say maybe that's a a effect of not having these weapons Um, but it's also just a, a matter of leadership and coaching on that team and we know for the 49ers are good um, and, and we could talk about Jimmy G and Trey Lance if you want, but we know the 49ers are good. We know the Rams are good and the Cardinals are sandwiched in there. It's like, where, what is their path to success and getting to playoffs? Uh, I'm not convinced that the Raiders, like the Raiders have a massive weakness in their defensive secondary. So I want to see what the Cardinals can do against the Rams. Um, we saw them, you know, get beat pretty bad by the chiefs who have an above average defense. And we saw them get beat really bad by the chiefs in week one and so let's see what they do like the Raiders got up early in this game and they sat on it uh, and they just let Kyler cut him up and uh, they let him run around too much they couldn't couldn't get to him and uh, he made them pay for it and they came back and won that game so you could have easily said that the ball bounced the right way the the Raiders would have won that game and they would have be oh and two right now so Let's see what they do against the Rams. The Eagles are a very uh, difficult defensive test as well in week five. So let's see what they do there. I can't, though, touch Kyler Murray just from the whole aspect. I still feel like he's so young, and there's just a big leadership issue. Like Even when you look at him compared to the way Joe Burrow conducts himself, uh, these other elite – Patrick Mahomes, other Josh Allen elite quarterbacks in the league, the way they conduct themselves on and off the field – And uh, that that whole and you got to think Arizona's uh, fan base and market size is a lot smaller than a lot of other teams. They're one of the smallest markets actually in the NFL. So that's kind of going against them as well. And then you got all these other factors going against them. And I just don't think this is a a great year for me to invest in in Kyler. I feel like I can probably buy in November, maybe even cheaper, uh, maybe even like 10, 20 percent cheaper than what they are right now. Okay, great. Um, moving into week three, who are your
0: buys or sells? What what's what action do you recommend the audience take with opportunity analysis heading into week three?
1: Yeah, so uh, I would say if you're holding any uh, like Mitchell Trubisky, definitely want to sell in terms of quarterback. Uh, Zach Wilson, you know his market is down a lot, but. Um, Right now, there's a battle between the general management and the coaching staff. The coaching staff wants Joe Flacco. The general management want uh, Zach Wilson to prove that they're right. They they spent this early first round pick on him. They've spent so much draft capital, they got to play him. But you're going to find that Zach Wilson's injury is going to mysteriously linger longer than uh, than what it should. So Um, He's one of those guys that it's it's hard to sell now, but maybe some super rare stuff people are still buying. If if you can get out Um, in terms of of running backs, sell Derrick Henry like you should have sold him heading into the season. I was telling people to sell him. Now, I really think after seeing him in two games, saw him get knocked off his feet in week one. Did not see him have a very good efficiency at all in week two. And they, yeah, they got behind. But even early in the game, he could not get anything going. So I would I would definitely say he looks like he is washed. And he looks like he's definitely over that age apex. Um, I'm recommending that people sell him because you look at his 2016 rookie ticket autos and prisms and stuff like that. They're still way higher than what you would find uh, even on a guy like Jared Goff. I mean uh jared goff like sell derrick henry buy into jared goff i mean that's a play to make right there paul
0: yeah i like that i like that buy into jared goff um you're sticking with your call that you made uh late in the summer on him and i like that um amon ross saint brown sure looked good he's getting um he may may or may not get jamison williams back this season um obviously tj hawkinson's there dj chark uh can be a, a explosive playmaker. Um, DeAndre Swift looks amazing. Um, okay, so who else would you potentially buy heading into Week Three? Is there anyone that's like a sneaky play or even just an obvious play that you you mentioned that you're buying Jalen Hurts? Is that one, or do you got you got something else for us?
1: Well, I wouldn't buy Jalen Hurts this week because he's now hitting like all time highs for his rookie cards, uh, from what I've seen this this week right now. And so he's got a ton of hype behind him and Tua. So I wouldn't necessarily buy to those guys right now. I'd be transitioning more to skill position players and like stacking him. Look at AJ Brown. Uh, he he didn't have the amazing game this past week, uh, but he is still a generational talent. He's he's going to have those forty uh, point Fantasy performances where you're just like, oh my god, super dominant, like Tyree Killer, or Jalen Waddle type of performances from Sunday or Amon Ross St. Brown. You know, AJ Brown's got that same exact potential, if not a little bit more. Um, and, and you know, buy into him on an underperforming week. Same thing with like Saquon Barkley. His team won but he had an underperforming week that presents a little bit of an opportunity for you to find auctions throughout the week to buy into uh, from what I've seen and then turn around and take good photos, list those guys in a buy it now format and sell in a future spike game. And, and they're in ascending team situations. So I look at another guy, if you're buying Lamar stack them with Rashad Bateman, stack him with Bateman and Duvernay. Like you can get both of those guys cards for very cheap still, And and those guys are incredible. Like I'm looking at rookie ticket autos for Bateman of thirty dollars. Very, very reasonably priced or optic hollows for five. That's just a quarter of what, you know, the Jalen Waddles and uh, some of the others like Amon Ross, St. Brown's and stuff. So, you know, that presents a nice opportunity. If you want to get in base, look at optic hollows. If you want to get in something more rare, obviously rookie ticket autos or even look at immaculates in the 70 to $80 range. Those have potential to go up to 150 200 uh, if that player just continues to exceed expectations in there and uh, and on this ascension with their team. Okay,
0: love that. Great call. All right, one thing I wanted to ask you about before we sign off today is around brands uh, and releases. So are there any... Re- you mentioned Optic. Earlier on in the program, are there any brands that you would say, okay, there's an upcoming release or just in general, I've seen people buy this, but it's not investable. What what uh, football card brands should people avoid as investments as they're looking to buy into players?
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely want to avoid, you know, like Leaf Draft makes a good product. So I'm not going to say uh, avoid them. There's certainly products that don't have chrome finishes and no serial numbers. I would say avoid, but the ones that have those nice chrome finishes, like Leaf Metal, um, you know, they make they make a nice card. I see those very liquid, especially on rookies. But I would avoid like the base paper Leaf cards. I'd avoid like the base paper Bowman U cards, base paper Sage cards, unless they're very rare, autographed, serial numbered cards um and and you're you're getting them for like twenty dollars or or less kind of range then i would say that they're, they're okay they have upside uh otherwise i would avoid all of those i would also avoid sets like score um i would even avoid spending a lot of money like you have new sets getting ready to come out gold standard just came out if you're buying into gold standard just just be very cautious of how much you're paying like don't don't buy a, um, a gold standard out of 199 autograph card for Drake London, for example, for $100. That's, that's not a good buy. like they're, they're, you're not going to be left with room for upside. Uh, you could potentially break even right now, but as more of that set comes out and as more cards become available for that player, that's like go back and look at what a 2018, 2019 or 2020 gold standard card is of a guy and so understand that like if you're buying it then you want to immediately list it and try and sell it otherwise avoid it if you're like planning on thinking you could hold this long term unless it's just got a lot of collection value to you then then do whatever you want you know but um elements is another one it just it's it's a very niche set it doesn't have this mainstream hobby desirability a lot of people don't care for it at all so it just doesn't hold that that value long term You know, so another one, another one, Paul, is uh, Donruss Elite just came out and they have their Pen Pals insert, which is a cool uh, portrait style photograph. And I looked at this last night with my my guy, Steve, and um, we're looking at 2018, 2019, 2020 Pen Pals, uh, DeAndre Swift Pen Pals, like now selling for 30, 40 dollars, whereas, you know, the 20, uh, 2022 Pen Pals. Are selling for like a hundred dollars or more, like the Garrett Wilson, a hundred to a hundred and fifty, the Drake London over a hundred, you know, the Brees Hall for a hundred, you know. So, like, the short term, I mean, you could probably break even, maybe make a couple dollars, but long term, it's just going to lose value as more mainstream sets come out.
0: Yeah, this is a mistake I made last year um, buying into certified and some gold standard um I, I luckily lost out on some option uh some auctions for pen pals but uh panini black i did okay that one seemed to have more appeal um a little bit more of a market on black but even even that you know any of the early rookie autos uh in football and in basketball uh follow the pattern that you just described so yeah i think be careful on those um yeah,
1: like right. uh, e- even uh, Phoenix, um, yeah, uh, playoff uh, playbook, uh, absolute. Like absolute is Absolutely. really people are just buying it to chase the um, the kabooms. Mosaic is another one. Do not buy into these products when they first first come out because uh, you're setting yourself up, man, to pay double and then and then for it just to lose value because. It's one of those things that, yeah, it's hot for the first week, maybe two weeks, and then it just falls off because long-term, you go look at uh, 2020 product from the same sets, and these cards are just going for pennies on the dollar compared to the Prism, the Optic, the Contenders Rookie Ticket Auto, the Immaculate, the National Treasures, and the Flawless.
0: Yeah, you're going to be able to take the $100 that you would have spent on that Drake London, and you're going to be able to put it with another $100, and get a much much better player potentially in a set like an Immaculate or even a National Treasures um, and, and get like a serial numbered auto out of, out, of the, out of one of those sets a few months after that set comes out and that's going to hold a lot more value longer. So I think um, this is a lesson, like I said, I learned it last year and uh, I wanted to get your take on, um, on that topic. And you know, lastly, before we sign off, I I'm about to write an article at no offseason about the college QBs right now and who could be first round draft picks in April. April, May. And they've obviously only got uh maybe Bowman You, maybe Leaf cards out right now. So any any advice for for me, when I'm writing that article, for the, for the audience, on, <laughs> I, the reason I ask is I heard you on, on the Football Card Quest talk with Carter about guys like Jahan Dodson. This was back in August. You were making calls on flipping rookies from some of these sets. Is, is there any of that opportunity still available with the release? It just seems like there's a longer runway with the release schedule being pushed back, and even if even some of the releases coming out in pro uniforms, to your point a second ago, they're not the investable ones yet anyway. So, is there any opportunity for like um, maybe not necessarily the guys that I'm about to write the article about for next year, but is there any opportunity for this year's rookies, the the Dotsons, the uh, I mean, even the the Pickins, the Pickets? of the world what are are you are you are you following that closely at all still in heading into week three
1: uh yeah definitely man and so uh, i think the best set uh honestly uh, and i'll give you guys some insights a sneaky good set that has a lot of variance in it like i literally will find uh uh transactions buy it nows and auctions selling anywhere between like 50 60 and 150 160 because they're pretty rare is the XRCs from 2021? Select. They've got these rookies, and it doesn't have all of them. They like basically cut it off after the second round, maybe part of the third round, and uh, they've got the 2022 rookies in their pro uniforms and in this nice chrome silver prism finish. It's also a short print insert, so the print run is 150, and then they have a couple variations like a tie dye and autograph, like the Garrett Wilson autograph just sold for 320. After this past Sunday, whereas a week before that, it was selling for 220 So somebody had the potential to make $100 there on that card. There's also the same thing, though, with the base silver XRCs. They're just the base XRCs. They're very desirable, very premium. I would say literally... If you if you can get rookie um, rookie guy, these rookie guys right now even like the pen pals are super hot they just came out so but if you go back to like the last set and go look at the legacy silver prism autos uh, that have the pro team logo at the bottom right they have the big rookie text across the middle the rookie card shield maybe it's their college uniform but it's autographed and it's got these other components that make it nice it's still very liquid if you can find those cards ending in auction. Um, on any of on any of these rookies like Brees Hall is a guy that I'm targeting this week because his athletic profile is so good and right now Garrett Wilson is taking a limelight it's only a matter of time down the season before Brees Hall takes over there and just has an incredible breakout performance and then all of a sudden we see this massive spike and it could happen next week it could happen uh, week four week five you know so it's just a matter of time before stuff like that happens the same thing you know, happened with Garrett Wilson if you were buying in before this week or Jahan Dotson uh, before the season started. So, you know, just uh, I mean, any of these for Jamison Williams, he is coming back in like the next three weeks, Paul. They're right now, he's they say he's getting close and uh, he's running around just on, you know, non contact. So, I mean, dude, that, that guy can break some big plays. Obviously, the Lions are ascending, so that's another guy to look at right there and and target these cards. I would say XRC is the premium, and then you look at the cards from Elite, specifically the Pen Pals, and then look at those uh, Legacy Silver Prism Autos or even the Mosaic Draft Picks autograph cards, and those cards are very liquid. They're very desirable. Even the Leaf Metal autograph cards, if they're rare and they're autographed, these cards are going to be desirable and people are going to go and buy them at the right price point, you know. So if if you're buying them around twenty dollars, then you can easily sell that autograph card for 50 to 60. Uh it's 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 just a nice sweet spot. The XRCs are gonna you're gonna want to buy those for around 50. Be prepared, like even Traylon Burks. Like I tried to get one last night, closed for 75. I just barely missed it, but I still think that was a good deal because. I look at what they were going for right before the season started, 130. So some of these guys that are underwhelmed uh, through the first couple of weeks as rookies definitely have the potential to break out in a big way. And with the release calendar pushed back, like you mentioned, dude, we're not going to see base Donris, We're not going to see optics select prism till next summer. Again, it's going to be more the same this year. Uh, I can absolutely see that already with the current release schedule that we've got for the rest of the year. Like they're not, releasing prism draft picks now till the end of november and that's if it doesn't get pushed out again so i mean the release calendar has just been pushed way back again this year so expect that these cards to do okay um for at least like the majority of this this season you know
0: dang yeah it's uh worse than last year all right uh oh my shoes welcome to the show good to see you um Go back and watch it, my friend or go back and listen to it because we're about to wrap up. Andy, do you have anything else you want to add uh, before we sign off for today?
1: Uh, yeah man, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited just uh, you know try if, if, if you're buying into uh, guys that are hyped up right now, um, just you know make sure you're looking at sold items and looking at what they were just a week ago. like don't look at the last two transactions look, try you scroll back, go back to the second third page. And see what they were selling at a week or two ago, uh, and you know just understand that they could get right back there after uh, another uh, a week if they lose and and just underwhelm. I mean, Kirk Cousins is a prime example. I saw people sink quite a bit of money into Kirk Cousins only for them to totally underwhelm uh, Monday night and get beat down by the Eagles. But uh, you know they got potential. Like it's 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 really cool to see the market has become even more closely correlated to performance than in prior years it's it's kind of evolved which has made it a lot of fun it's made it even uh more closely correlated to fantasy football uh so oh. yeah it's it's made a lot of fun for me and i did uh grab a win in the card content creator bowl this week so yeah i'm riding that high man going into week three i think i got uh kendall this week so it's gonna be a tough <laughs> yeah matchup. here it
0: is wait no you've got uh mike ham know no, beat no you, beat camp. Camp. you beat my Ham. You beat my Ham. I beat Lou Janu. <laughs> Love that. Uh, everybody, we had a would you rather on the Sports Card Strategy Show. Would you rather have my team with Devontae Smith up 35 points going into Monday night, or would you rather have Lou's team down 35 points with Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, and Kenny Gainwell? Pretty much everybody said they'd rather have Lou's team, and then I pulled it out. So, um Glad to see you pulled it out. You've got Lou this week, right? Okay, so Kendall's got the card dojo. You've got Lou, and I've got Mike Ham. So let's go week three. No offseason.com needs to go three and zero, baby. Kendall's got to get a win. He's 0 2. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good stuff. Thanks everybody for watching and listening to the football card strategy show. I'm Paul Hickey with NoOffseason.com, the sports card content network. He's Andy Kaysen with the Football Card Quest and NoOffseason.com. Check him out more at uh, Football Card Quest on YouTube and Patreon.com/slash Football Cards. Everybody, thanks so much again. Have a great day. Uh, let's go week three, and cue the rock music as Kendall would say.